You are listening to the Magnetic Marketing Marketing Secret Gold Members Only Podcast. If we skip to um, uh, the page after the next one, uh, we're going to build value with bulk. Uh, PowerPoints are so gigantic it can't even be put in one volume. Uh, you see this done all the time, particularly with information products. Sometimes they'll talk about how many pounds the thing weighs when it's in the box. Um, TJ had that great, what's the great line that was in your uh, anniversary letter about going down to Walmart to buy the, what, do you remember it word for word? It's such a great line. Yeah, he's talking about all the bonuses they're going to get when they come. And at the end of the paragraph about all the bonuses, it says, is that exactly, I thought it was a little better than that, but it's, it's a, but, but, well, I thought it was embellished a little bit, but, it, but essentially it says, you know, you get all this stuff, and so you're gonna, you need to go down to Walmart and get yourself the biggest bookcase they got to put it all on. It's a great line. It builds value by bulk, okay? Now, lots of ways to build value. That's one of them. Uh, then you see choice of pay. Somebody asked me earlier about ways of, about choice of pay. Here's choice of pay. We gave them an ABC, okay? Um, and um, I don't know. Do you have any recollection, Carla? How many took A? How many took B? How many took C? I mean, is, do you know? Uh, prepaid was C, yeah. Half, half pre prepaid. Okay, great. Wonderful. Um, next thing is, let's see, guarantee. Um, this paragraph's important. You can say big during the introductory offer. It's the first place we always present price. Uh, one good way to present price is to immediately start talking about the discounts. Softens the blow of the price. Establishes the value, but then move on. Don't stay on it. Uh, very, very long. Um, in answer to your question in the back, uh, how clear are the instructions? Here's how to order. Um, again, the subhead though doesn't just say here's how to order. It tells them they got to order immediately, and it reminds them that the benefit of doing so is to save half. But then here's how to order. And if you're going to phone, here's when to phone. Here's who to phone. Uh, have the form in front of you when you phone. <laughs> If you go to fax, here's when and how to fax. If you go to pay by check, here's how to do that. But you better have the thing postmarked, etc. Okay? Very clear instructions on what they need to do. Uh, apples to oranges comparison. If you look at your next page in your, um, in your PS, take a look at the middle PS. Well, it's almost the middle PS. PPS. Back then it was 700 bucks an hour. Uh, and so we're doing the apples to oranges comparison of the hourly rate uh, against uh, the use of the product. One has absolutely nothing to do with the other. Um, and then the last PS, this is another click. If you're keeping score, you can make this 21. Uh, I learned this in, uh, in television. Um, should have seen it before TV, but I learned it while working on a show. It's the... It's the power of the completely irrelevant but fun premium. Um, 
it's amazing what people will do to get a coffee cup. Uh, we had a television show, an infomercial called uh, Be Your Own Boss. We did it with Guthy Renker and Entrepreneur Magazine. Some of you may have seen it. It was on for 18 months or so. It wasn't very successful, but it was successful enough to stay on the air. One of the reasons it stayed on for 18 months is because we kept tinkering with it to try and make it work. Uh, eight versions of that show were done. Same show, but changed the commercial. Fooled with the commercial. Changed the price, changed the offer, changed the order. They got stuff, kept fooling, fooling, fooling. The thing that gave it the biggest bump uh, was adding the coffee mug with the Entrepreneur Be Your Own Boss logo on it. This did more to improve sales than anything else a whole bunch of us clever people were ever able to think of. Um, this actually should not have surprised me. Um, you may also remember this. Back in 1979, very early in my general cassette uh, tenure, we had an author at that time, a guy by the name of Joel Weldon. And Joel uh, has a shtick he does about success comes in cans, not in cannots. And he gives away little, when he speaks, he gives away little baby food cans that have had this label put on it instead of, or over top of the baby food label. And it says success comes in cans, and it's got this cutsy recipe, you know, success is three parts ambition and four parts attitude and two parts luck and six parts being born into the right family and whatever, all that stuff is. Um, and, and people love these cans. Um, Joel, a lot of market penetration here in Phoenix. You probably can't walk into a real estate office, insurance office, or car dealership in this city and not find one of these cans sitting on somebody's desk or bookshelf. Um, people just love these things. And so we did a direct mail campaign for his four cassette albums, and the bonus was the can. Not in fine print, we're only just going to send him the label, let him go buy their own baby food can. But I mean, the, the bonus is the can, right? We got calls a lot from people, they didn't want to buy the cassette albums. They just wanted the damn can. How can I buy the label? Can I buy four of the labels? Can I buy six of the labels? I don't want the tapes, I just want the labels. Uh, a successful direct mail campaign, though, because what that tells you is a whole lot of people bought the cassette albums just to get the can. And probably never listened to the tapes. <laughs> Would not surprise me in the least. Bonuses drive sales. Um, advertising age, their control. If you subscribe to Ad Age magazine, um, which is for pros, I mean, we're supposed to be sophisticated, adult, mature professionals. The premium that drives their control is an advertising age coffee cup that is printed with a, a fake of the front page of ad age on it, and it's customized to you. In the headline space, it says, Al Schwartz is an advertising genius, or Al Schwartz recognized as advertising. I forget exactly what it says, but I got one. It says, Dan Kennedy is an advertising genius. And I gotta tell you the truth. I wasn't all that keen on subscribing to Ad Age magazine when I did, but I wanted the damn cup. <laughs> and now, five years later, at $120 a year, or whatever the subscription rate is, I still get Ad Age magazine. And I still got the cup. 
um, these kind of goofy little things can drive your sale. They can push the person over the edge. They can be the last nudge that is needed. The sweatshirt, the cap, uh, the coffee cup, uh, that really has nothing to do with your offer, particularly. Uh, but don't neglect uh, this method, because uh, it can work for you over and over again. In that paragraph, of course, we use the uh, mouse pad. Uh, skip over two pages to a page that looks like this. And if you're, look, if you're looking for clicks on the dial, you will find I was a skeptic in the first testimonial. That's why I chose it to be the first testimonial. Um, frankly, I thought it was wishful thinking. Um, and then there is, of course, the before and after result. Um, if you look at the third, oh, you don't have it, well, you got it on your next page. If you look at the third testimonial, it is a classic rags to riches. I was broke, now I'm rich. Variation of a testimonial. Um, you, these are reliable. We use them over and over again. We want to use them over and over again. Uh, your next page is the picture of the woman on the elephant. You may wonder why I use this. It's because I had it. Um, and I mean, seriously, how often do you get to use a picture of a woman in a bikini standing on two elephants? Uh, not very often. So I use it a lot just because I got it. Um, I, I don't know if it does a damn thing, but I'm going to keep using it because I like it. Um, but it's a, as you can see, it's a curiosity headline. Now, if you want to look at the order for it, which is probably more instructive, um, we don't call it an order form. We call it something other than an order form. Very rarely do you ever see a good direct mail package with a thing in it called an order form. Uh, that's a technical term for us in the business. The buyer does not want an order form. So they want an action form. They want a membership form. They want a fast response form. Um, they, all of the synonyms that you may want to develop and use. Uh, the restatement of the offer. Uh, is the typical first paragraph on one of these things. Uh, the, the options of how they're going to pay us, the reference to the bonus and the how to order. Um, some of the best order form, Halbert does really good order forms, Roll Letters do really good order forms. I'll show you a couple of theirs later. Uh, then we had a piece, in real life this thing is a fold over orange piece with the please open and read this last only after you've read my, only after you've read my letter in its entirety. Keep in mind it is important that this piece works either way. If they read it last, it works. If they read it first, it works. And so when you go to the next page, and I've only got part of it here because it was a 14-inch page and I couldn't figure out how to get it on an 11-inch piece of paper because I'm technically incompetent, but uh, this is all the bribes. That's what this piece was. And so if they've already decided to buy and they're reading this, that's okay because now they're happy because they're getting more stuff. If they've read everything and they haven't yet decided to buy, hopefully this nudges them over. If they read this first, that's okay because all the bribes are so good, they buy just to get the bribes, even not knowing what they were getting with the bribes. So if they read this first, it's just like doing premium first, product second, instead of product first, premium second. Okay? 
and multiple bribes, not single bribes. And you will notice adjective. You know, it's an outrageous bribe. It's not just a bribe, and it doesn't say ordinary bribe. It doesn't say mundane, dull, and boring bribe. It says outrageous bribe. If I had to do it over again, I'd probably do outrageous, amazing bribe number one, outrageous, amazing bribe number two. Now that I look at it, I'm frustrated with myself. Um, and, uh, and each one, of course, has a value because we do a total value build. And by the way, the value of the stuff you give away, if at all possible, should greatly exceed the, value, the price of what you sell. So that for X price, not only do they get X thing, which is more valuable than X, but they get this pile of other stuff, which is also more valuable than X. Okay? The total of the premiums should be uh, more valuable than the price itself. Uh, next piece is, uh, I've shown you the first pages of a couple of the follow-up mailings to PowerPoint. Somebody said to me on the break, I've heard this before, by the way, and I haven't figured out a way to solve it yet. Although in this seminar, which, yeah, you said it to me too. That's right. You're the, this is the other guy was the second one, I think, now in a week, who is complaining. Carlo, this will interest you. They're complaining that by buying from the first thing they get, they now get deprived of seeing the other pieces we mail to sell to the ones who don't buy from the first thing they get. Obviously, if we send you all the pieces that we send to the people who don't buy right away, my economics go to hell. So the answer is not to just keep mailing you whether you buy or not. So maybe once a year we need to publish a book of the second, third, and fourth, and fifth notices of every campaign we do, and we sell it to the people who bought first. Maybe that's the deal. Because uh, uh, they want to see what we're doing. So now you can see what we're doing. Uh, this, was a, uh, this was a second final offer deal. Um, the million dollar bill was stapled to it, so let me show you what it looks like. I think this is the same piece um, without the million dollar bill in the way. But it was stapled to it sideways as you see it, so it didn't mask the headline. And uh, obviously handwritten margin notes, circles, is done on every page of the letter. They were printed in blue. Um, and um, I really used the same letter. I just junked it up like we talked about earlier. I didn't rewrite any copy. I didn't change anything. I just took a magic marker in about 10 minutes and did my second piece. And we upped the ante by adding a bonus to it. Uh, that's it. The only change is made. Uh, the other one, I guess... I don't remember now why this was done. One used a million-dollar bill, and one used the bag, the little money. <coughs> oh, a different list? Okay. Uh, but fundamentally, it's the same letter. The rest of it's virtually the same. And again, it was just the first letter in the sequence uh, junked up by hand. Um, not a complete rewrite. Doesn't need to be a complete rewrite. Now let me take you through a control um, package, pretty successful package, that is our current newsletter control. Skip the page that says free gifts. Many of you will not have seen this piece because you're already a subscriber. So this should make you happy, Michael. You're seeing something that you don't see because you already gave us the money. Okay? 
this is the control. Skip the page that says free gifts and go to the page that looks like this. Uh, this is page one of the control package that um, uh, sells the inner circle membership. This is the one we use currently. How many of you have seen this one? Okay, only a handful of you. Okay. Uh, this is a classic bribe offer. That's what it is. It is premium driven. Um, uh, the, the, the letter leads with the premiums. It talks more about the premiums than it talks about the core product. It is totally premium driven. The prehead uh, up above, first of all, my name because I have brand identity. These are going to people who have already bought stuff from me. Otherwise, would be meaningless. There, I've emphasized the premium with the highest value number I can quote. In and of itself, an apples to oranges comparison, by the way. Uh, but it allowed me to quote a big number, $2,487. Note the specifics in the headline. I didn't say free a bunch of. I said six of this, five of that, one of that, two of that, etc. Okay. Um, if you, uh, if you move down to the bottom of that page, you will see that pretty quickly, um, oh, one other thing in your headline is the word maybe. Um, uh, use that a lot. You might make that click number 22 for those of you that are keeping score. Um, would be <laughs> There actually are some people keeping score. I'll be damned. Um, I, I was like kidding, you know. Um, uh, uh, how many of you will drink the funny juice if we um, get the funny juice in the back of the room? Um, the, uh, the, the maybe offer is important um, uh, because it implies immediately that they're going to be able to get something for nothing. Uh, so it's more free. It says you don't got to make a decision, you don't have to give us money, it's maybe. And so talking in terms of maybe uh, is a very good thing to do. I use it a lot. The last paragraph on that page we quickly get out of stuff and into benefits. We talk in terms of benefits. Uh, then there's a format here that starts with the second page, and the format is, of course, to take each of the bribes, uh, and it becomes a subhead and a section of the letter. Um, and virtually every bribe has sub-bribes or sub-gifts. Every bonus has sub-bonuses. Uh, I'll point them out to you as, you go, as we go along. Um, the other thing I point out to you is in the middle of the page, uh, with the asterisk around it, uh, is of course the promise. Uh, as you go through the copy, um, uh, of course you find keywords that are important, and, and like the words that sell thesaurus will help you a lot, like words like uncensored tapes. Uh, you know, how, how, do you, how do you, I mean, people, people like this, so how do you add value to, you know, that's like selling the book that was banned in Boston. Um, it immediately, well, what's on there, you know, I mean, and, and do we get to hear them say something profane or something? So that's exciting. Um, the the sub-bonuses, um, let's see, are they on this page? Uh, yeah. If you look at your next page. Um, toward the bottom and I won't just tell you about all this I'm going to give you all the handouts I gave to the super conference attendees 
about these topics in a neatly bound book for your reference. That's a sub-bonus. The bonus was the tapes. Now I'm bonusing the bonus. Right? You now get the tapes. You get the books. Um, then we talk about what's in the notes to add value to it. Every bonus you read as you go through and study this whole piece, every single one of them has some variation of uh, sub-bonuses. Uh, I want to skip to um, if you look at this page um, um, here's urgency important and timely note um, if this piece had been junked up that would have been a great handwritten margin note, maybe even running up the side of the page. Uh, important and timely note, the next call-in day is coming up. If you're becoming a member now, you'll be eligible to participate the next call-in day. Um, in person-to-person -person selling, if you go to a sales training seminar, you're going to be taught that is the impending event close. Um, and uh, there should always be uh, some uh, upcoming impending event uh, that you don't want to miss out on but that you have to act now in order to get. Um, here's a great example of the sub-gifts. Uh, bribe number three uh, now divides out into five uh, uh, reports, um, each one having its own title and its own description. Uh, the best one, by the way, is uh, number five. Um, Anybody in here really astute? You know where I stole that from? Right out of my swipe file. Anybody know where I got it? Roll letters, you should spot this. Ron, you should spot this. Michael, you should be able to identify this. Two type pages that can add tens of thousands of dollars a yearly prize just about any retail service business. The two type, yes? Very good. You win a prize. You win one of these. Huh? Um, that's a uh, computer voodoo deal. You can stick pins in it and stuff when you're mad at your computer. Um, <laughs> Sam Pitts, um, uh, I bought 48 of them because I was really mad at my computer. Um, and then I couldn't figure out what to do with them, so we're giving them away. Um, Sam, Sam Pitts, he is correctly identified is in all the opportunity magazines and runs a full page ad, the headline of which is two type pages that, do you remember the rest of it, that made me $55,612.32 in 12 minutes or whatever the rest of the headline is. But the whole theme is all you need to get rich is two type pages. Uh, and that's the theme of the whole ad. Of course, it's never revealed what the hell the pages are in the entire ad. Uh, it went in my swipe file. And when I'm going to figure out the titles for my reports, I'm into my swipe file looking for great headlines because headlines become titles, titles become headlines. Uh, it's the one people like best, by the way. They're fascinated with it. Um, we get, of course, to the guarantee, uh, which is what I led with. And in this case, it is what we described earlier. It is a unconditional plus a conditional. Uh, first one is three months, and, and it's a plus guarantee. You get money. And then the second one is a, is a uh, con con conditional. Uh, if you ride the whole year, it's a results uh, guarantee. Uh, 
Um, let's see, what else can I show you here? The maybe close, I guess. If you look over at this page, you will see the subhead, but I insist you say maybe. Uh, so we give them an extra discount, and we do a further price drop. Uh, oh, here's a click. Here's 23. This is the uh, my accountant thinks I'm an idiot story. Um, uh, used a lot. Uh, it's a great. It's a it's a justification for a discount. By the way, you can plug it in that part of your notes too. Uh, it is we're going to give you this spectacular deal while the accountant's out of town, while the accountant's not looking, while the accountant's drunk, and, and we got to get it done before the accountant notices, or the accountant's going to shoot me. It's some variation thereof. I have no idea where I stole it from to start with anymore. It's a classic direct, direct response chunk of copy. If anybody knows its origin. Huh? Yeah, Jaffe got it from somebody. It goes back before Jaffe. I mean, this is really old. Somebody was using this back in the 30s. Um, uh, in this case, this is, you know, I mean, this is fundamentally the accountant argues with you over the deal you're going to give. And uh, fighting for the customer, you win out over your idiot accountant, keeping in mind that just about everybody dislikes their accountants. It's as good as picking on lawyers, almost. And uh, that little block of copy uh, works a lot, used over and over and over again. Uh, let's see what else we got. Let's look at... The PSs. Uh, your first PS uh, does what? Well, first of all, you will notice, of course, again, that we tell them very clearly how they can give us money, uh, what to do. The PS um, uh, ups, the, uh, ups the ante, throws in another bonus if they're in the first 100 to respond. Um, the next PSs. I did this in the wrong order. I'm sorry. That's the last PS. The first PS introduces a bonus, and it's tied to the expired date on the order form. Uh, there's additional bonuses in the second and third. Then there's a review of everything they get. Then there's the final bonus in another PS at the very end. Uh, the order form, which is an action response form, not an order form, um, now this is this is some useful stuff. This will this demonstrates to you how to squeeze more money out of a mailing. Uh, and this is this is a technique a lot of people miss. Uh, when you go to the grocery store, or if you haven't been to a grocery store for a while, because sometimes I go years without going in a grocery store, but if you go to the drugstore, or you go to the Five and Dime or the Walmart or the Target or whatever. When you get to the cash register, or the convenience store, everybody goes to a 7-Eleven. When you get to the cash register, what's there besides the cash register? Very good. Impulse merchandise. Yeah. Last minute, add-on stuff. Right? That is some of the highest profit territory in the store. Critically important to the retailer is what happens in those few square inches while you are waiting to give them your money. You've already bought, you've already made your decision about everything you go buy, 
Now you've come to pay them and they want to squeeze one more 50 cent piece out of you. They want to get one more buck if they can. Well, in mail order, the order form is that part of the store. And so it is an opportunity to get money over and above the sale, what they've agreed to buy, and you have never asked for it before the order form. Just like you never showed it to them any place else in the store, it's just there at the cash register. Okay? You don't see the National Enquirer in the soup aisle and the laundry aisle, and that you only see it at the cash register. It's there, because it doesn't need to be seen anyplace else. So if you carefully look at this order form, you're going to see it done twice. Uh, the first place it's done is in a uh, shift from one year to two years. It was never introduced any place in the copy. It's an order form option only. Uh, but it bumps from 149 to 227. Okay. The second place you're going to see it is with the add-on of the books. Never mentioned, wasn't offered, wasn't talked about anywhere in the sales letter. This is the first time it's pitched. Ain't much of a pitch. Just, oh, by the way, here's some stuff sitting next to the cash register. You can have, in addition to all the other stuff you bought. Okay? Not going to break a leg trying to sell it to you, but if you want it, it's sitting here. How about taking it? Okay? Uh, that, it's a very profitable order form because both of those things work. So sales are being made that didn't have to be made in the sales letter. It's upping the overall volume. The average transaction goes up. The value of the customer goes up. Um, I believe, Carla, you know these numbers better than I, main campaign with this. How many people bought books? What percentage? Okay. And of those, most of them bought both. Okay, so 50 to 55% of the people gave us another 35 bucks over and above what they made their decision to buy when they walked over to the order form. That's important money. Yeah. Oh, we'd say, I don't think it ever, did it happen? A little? Yeah, so? Oh, yeah, of course, because you can buy it out of the catalog. I mean, yeah, we sell books. I mean, you can buy the book. I don't care. Uh, but think of what the upsell numbers meant. Okay? And of the one year versus two year, what was the percentage on that? Okay. So I bumped 40%, give or take, from 149 to 227. And the only place I did it, two lines of type on the order form. 16 pages to get them there. They had to walk down, down all them damn aisles. But once they got there, all I had to do is show them a little gum. That's the principle. Yeah, Ron? This is, these are always, everything I'm showing you now is house lists. So in this case, these are buyers. This is somebody who has... They've, in my case, my fun, they've either seen me speak and bought it a speech, they've bought a book in a bookstore, called it for a catalog, and made a purchase from a catalog, 
they've gone to the website and either directly made a purchase, requested a catalog, made a purchase, or they've been referred, got a catalog, made a purchase. They have bought at least one thing before they would ever get this pitch. Okay? Yes. Yeah, it's not going to be, the percentages aren't going to be as effective. But if they were half that, with the great unwashed masses, uh, pretty significant. This is the equivalent of the phone upsell, is what it is. But it's done on your order form. Uh, the last piece you have in this package, yes? Well, yeah, the issue is price point. Sure. Again, use your supermarket analogy. Mo or the 7 lot. Most of the impulse merchandise is, is, is low price. Okay? Uh, so it's candy bars, and it's a National Enquirer, and it, so it's a painless add-on. Okay? Um, even, even not like at a 7-Eleven, maybe they'll have a thing of keychains, you know, but they're all buck. They're so, yeah, in comparison to the 100 or the $200, what's another 20 bucks for books? Um, so, yeah, you're just as it is with a phone upsell, in most cases, your price point for the upsell should be a fraction of what your primary purchase was. So it's an easy add-on decision. It's like pocket change. Yeah, but I, but, but I took them in steps. Just like, again, the phone up, here's the phone upsell analogy. The phone upsell analogy is I completely take you through the primary purchase. Then I say, oh, do a Colombo, oh, by the way, uh, because you called on Tuesday or because you're, for some reason, we have these, this other special, may I tell you about that? I, I've done one thing, now I'm moving on to the next set of choices. Order form does the same thing. It got the sale done, now it's moved on to the next choice. Okay? And it's not core cho offer choice, it's plussing. Okay? Uh, in mail order, how many of you buy from the Sharper Image? Next time you call, they gear up in the holidays, average number of upsells they offer you is six after they take your order. They'll try six times. Let me tell you about today's specialty. You have your catalog in front of you? Good. Turn to page 36. We got this on sale. Uh, okay, well, turn to page 52. Uh, well, turn to page 67. Uh, okay. uh, there's a reason they're doing that. <laughs> you know, uh, they're very sophisticated, very smart folks. Uh, and at this point, they figured out they can get away with six. They can't get away with seven. Six are probably, I mean, they're, they're tracking. Um, next piece in this package, this was on a loose green sheet of paper, as I recall. And it is... Uh, you know, it's just a great testimonial with a specific reference to the newsletter, the thing we are actually selling here. Um, and um, it's got the little handwritten of when it came in, and it's got a little star asterisk, obviously. Um, let's see. Uh, the envelope um, used for some of these campaigns will interest you. Another couple pages over. The back of the envelope... Um, the follow-up envelope looked like this. The back, not the front, the back. Um, and so it's got the offer. They already know I'm coming at them. I'm coming at them for the second time. No mystery here. Um, so it's got the offer. And it talks about a guarantee. 
and it's a second and final notice, and we got to hear from you in seven days. It's got the expire date. It's all on the back of the envelope. Right? It's a big. It's the no. It's the big. Nine, nine, nine by twelve. Yeah, yeah. This thing. That that thing's about actual. I mean, on paper in your notebook, it's about the real size it was. Yeah. Um, house list of buyers. Okay. This this happened. This is the second mailing in the sequence. Okay. Uh, next thing I wanted to show you that some of you have seen before. I, I think it's fun. We've started to, it. You can put it down as a click. For those of you keeping score, is guarantee the letter. All kinds of variations. Uh, this is from a campaign from 1994, I think. Um, uh, but we've been using it a lot, sometimes with lift notes, sometimes in the copy. Uh, this particular one, how can a letter be guaranteed? If you carefully and thoroughly read this entire letter and honestly do not feel is extremely relevant to your business, important and valuable. If you read, fill out the reverse side of this form, and I'll pay you $10 for taking the time to read the letter. Now, this letter proves itself important to you, or I pay you 10 bucks. By the way, Steve, pretty gutsy because I did this with speakers who are cheap. Yeah, exactly. Um, and believe me, some people do claim the 10 bucks. The back of the form looks like this. Um, uh, we've done it since. Let's see, Michael, we're using it with you, right? Yeah, with. Oh, good. Very nice. So his his lift notes could look like a twenty, because you get twenty bucks if you're if you're unhappy when you read the letter, and the copy's going to be over here on the side. Very nice, very sharp. Um, but we're already using it in the body copy of one of the reports. It's in printing, or it's in now. Now, like now, are you 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 getting whacked much for uh, money? Okay, Victor, did I use it? With... Okay, anybody else in here I've, who I've written it for that, that we're using it for? Uh, and the dollar amount varies, you know, kind of what you think the market will, what they'll respond to. And uh, you, you want to send a video, you want to get a video, want to tell them they think the video, watch the video, it's a waste of time, we'll pay you 50 bucks for your time. Um, you know, how sure are you can make a sale? Most people are not going to... Uh, Whack you. Uh, so I like to guarantee the letter. Use that a lot. You can count that as a click. Uh, what was I going to show you next? Oh, bribes. Uh, in this campaign, which was back in 94, and I'm going to do this again for something coming up. Um, uh, that piece I showed you earlier, the 14-inch, that was a long list of bribes. This was a 16-page booklet of nothing but the bonuses. Um, and so this was the cover of the booklet. And again, didn't matter to me whether they read it first, last, read half the letter and stopped, went and read it, didn't make any difference because the bonuses in it were all so good, uh, it just switched it from product premium to premium product. Okay? Uh, we're going to go to about 520 in case anybody's keeping score on time. Uh, here's another little gimmick. This doesn't count as a click because I don't use it a lot, but... Uh, once you build up a customer base, this is kind of an interesting device. Worked well for us. I am going to use it again in this particular market. Uh, this thing says, because uh, you, repetitive purchases of my materials, attending my seminars, utilizing consulting, whatever your thing would be, uh, but the reason, you get an extra $50 discount if your name is here. Now, Somebody stumbles across this in the package. How many do you think are not going to look to see if their name's there? <laughs> and in a niche market, what else do you think they look at? Sure, whose name is there that they know, right? 
And so it does several things. Uh, to use Joe's word, it's involvement. Gets them involved in the piece, right? It gives some credibility because they, rec- they see names of people they recognized. And, and I wrote the definition of who qualified broad enough that I could put a lot of known names in this market in who, like, maybe only bought a book from me 10 years ago. But I can put his name in because I wrote the thing broad enough, right? Um, then there's a line uh, somewhere, if your name is not here but you believe you've been overlooked in error, you can call us and tell us why you ought to be on a list, right? Well, we'll get the 50 bucks. That, you know, they could call up and say, I think I should get the 50 bucks because I wear a blue shirt. Ah, fine, okay. I mean, yeah, who cares? Um, and um, uh, something interesting happened by accident. There's a typographical error. We got templates on there twice, and I can't tell you how many people went out of their way to send me notes and faxes and call and tell me I got templates on here twice, which is okay. Uh, you'd be amazed how many people, though, missed Joey Buttafuoco. Some people got it, but a lot of people just missed it, you know. Um, uh, You do this long enough, you start to just amuse yourself, you know. You just start to say, um, okay, let's look at space ads real quick. this is, a, um, this is from Comtrad, but this is whoever said it earlier. This is, this is a Sugarman-type format. Uh, Comtrad is an electronics product company that has come along in the Sugarman and Sharper Image and Daymark genre. Um, what I wanted to call your attention to mostly, though, uh, was the headline. Uh, they laughed when I sat down at the piano until I started to play. Uh, everyone in my bridge club laughed when I said I just installed a car alarm. Now, what they fouled up here is there's no punchline. Everyone in my bridge club laughed when I said I just installed a car alarm until they walked out in the parking lot and two of their cars had been stolen and mine was still sitting there. I mean, that's a little long, but, but you've got you to close the loop. You've got to deliver the punchline. So here's the point. If you're good at copy headlines, use all of them. <laughs> Don't cut them up and only use the first half of them. Uh, but this is a pretty standard format. Big headline, pictures across the top, picture in the middle, order form information at the bottom. You're not going to fool anybody that this isn't an ad. It's what I call a hybrid. It's a hybrid between our kind of direct response stuff and, and normal pictorial advertising. The next thing we had talked about earlier, uh, this ad is one of the, I don't know how many anymore, but this is one of Joe's ads. Uh, runs in the carpet industry trade journals. This is a, um, it's a story ad. How a 24 and 25 year old Alaskan couple went from dead broke to making over $250,000 a year cleaning carpets in less than 24 months. Um, uh, after a while, when this ad starts to fade, we would either shrink the ad and put a headline across the top of it and pictures on both sides of it, or He's run like this, the page before it, that you may have seen this ad many times before, but these people answered it. This is, just a, this is a variation of, you have not responded, but a whole lot of other smart people have. This, uh, this, is, this is the same deal. Yeah? In the other magazine that we've run, we've run it with 
Yeah, now it'll tire too, right? But the, you take an ad like this, this probably, you know, it's going to be strong the first month it runs, and then in a, in a narrow niche, it's going to do this, uh, which means the cost per lead is doing this. When it reaches an untenable point, then this is a way to take it back to its original level of performance and get another three, four, you know, however many months that you would get out of it. Um, next ad. Not one of mine, but, uh, but I wanted to show it to you because they stole more than anything else. Um, this is really a pretty good ad. Um, they made a non-copywriting mistake, which I might call to your attention, and they certainly don't know what they're doing in mail order because the only way you can respond is by phone or mailing something to a post office box. Not smart. Uh, but, but overall, this is a pretty good ad. The copy's pretty good. It's, just, it's a first-person story ad. It, it's really a testimonial ad. I'm 50. I look great. And the photograph in the magazine is better than the Xerox, obviously. She, she does look great. Um, uh, what I would call your attention to, just to show you how everybody uses swipe files, is in the second column down at the bottom, uh, they, tell me, uh, they tell me they look and feel so great that some of their friends think they've had a facelift. Um, I, I know the first time that was originated for the Nancy Kwan business, and it was if your friends don't actually accuse you of having had a facelift, return the empty bottle for a full refund. This is a direct swipe. Good for them. Um, why not do it over and over again? Uh, there's a very clever thing they did, by the way. My guess would be they didn't have a testimonial to use, but if you look up at the top of the third column, this is a great sentence. In fact, some of our newer customers are physicians who've noticed their patients' increased vitality and well-being and want the same benefits for themselves. If I had to bet money, um, they didn't have a physician testimonial, but they got some orders from that said doctor. It could have been a doctor of divinity, but it said doctor, and uh, they jumped on it and decided to uh, use it. Um, let's look at lead generation ads. This is a... Um, there's a whole long, ugly, bleeding story that goes with this campaign, which I won't bother you with. But uh, this is a highly effective lead generation ad that I did for a uh, very dysfunctional client. Um, uh, and it just has a whole lot of stuff packed into a relatively small ad. Uh, uh, first of all, um, this, this is designed to run in Catholic newspapers. Uh, and it targets Catholics. Um, the, the top headline is a little bit of a pain headline. It's a question headline. Uh, the financial message your banker hopes you don't read. Uh, you know, that, of course, is the conspiracy uh, deal. Um, the credibility, keeping in mind that the target market here is also 50 years old and older, and so credibility is important, not just believability. Is the very first line. First of all, it's exclusively for Catholics. That's a version of flagging. Uh, we've also, the RAD also ran with that up top first. Exclusively for Catholics, colon, when you retire, will you live? Uh, a 368 year old Catholic fraternal society has important free information for you. Uh, we instantly have credibility because it's 368 years old and it's, it's Catholic, so it matches that Catholic market. We do the free offer right up front. A lot of lead generation ads, for some reason, want to hide the fact that there's something free, when free is one of the most powerful things you can do in advertising. So get it up there early. Uh, then we, if you meet these qualifications, so here's what's our lead generation formula, who we want, who we don't want, what's the incentive. So here's who we want. And it's pretty specific. 
about who we want. Uh, there's a free offer. We did not do the who we don't want. We did do that in the lead generation letter, though, where we had more time. And uh, it's a drive, of course, to a free recorded message and says no salesman will ever call. It does not say no salesman will ever appear on your doorstep. Um, but it does say no salesman will ever call. Um, Dan? Yes. How do people feel about when they call in about that they, they may be getting trapped anyway because their name is being captured, so who's going to call them anyway? Well, yeah, he's right. Yeah, your question is how do they feel about having their name captured and stuff? He, he said most people don't know that they're having their name captured. Uh, we know about name capture. Most people still do not know that that is happening. In this case, the message, of course, I mean, they have to voluntarily leave their name and address to get the free report. So the message has to restate the offer and sell them on doing so. But between you and I, we're also doing electronic name capture. So you get the name and address even of the ones who don't leave their name and address, and they get a separate type of follow-up. Uh, and they may be a little aggravated, but so what? Uh, we care about the ones who buy, not the ones who don't buy. Uh, this is a very powerful lead generation ad and a good example of how to do one. Then its expansion is the lead generation letter, which begins on the next page. It, of course, is mailed only to Catholics. Very easy to do, of course. Um, and it really is the same kind of copy uh, stretched, you know, where we have room to embellish. Uh, your banker hopes you never read. It reveals little-known financial facts of enormous significance if you meet these qualifications. Um, there's a second page to this, I think. I guess I didn't bring it. There is a second page. It's a two-page letter. But it's just a long version of the ad uh, designed to do the exact same thing. Uh, I say dysfunctional client because this worked like there's no tomorrow in the test. And then they don't use it. Um, it turns out that two members of their board of directors own banks. <laughs> and um, they were very disturbed about the implication that bankers would take advantage of people and hide secrets from them. And, and uh, the free report, the first four pages, is all about how bankers nail them with low-interest CDs and you know, lie to them and cheat them and steal from them. And um, so the bankers on the board didn't like this at all. Um, and um, then another guy on the board was, of course, deeply offended by the entire tone of the copy and the fact that this didn't, wasn't printed on parchment paper with, with the logo and a picture of the Pope. Uh, so the bottom line is this thing works like there's no tomorrow uh, and it's not being used. Uh, next kind of lead generation note, this relies on relationship, relies on brand identity, and it's blind lead generation. Um, wouldn't work for a lot of people, will work for Zig, uh, to people who have been in an audience and heard Zig or bought from Zig. Um, this is a current control. It's just a drive to a telephone number where now a, rep, a salesperson will try and sell them something. In this case, they happen to be selling a fairly expensive coaching program. In real life, by the way, all the types, in, it's in blue ink. Uh, clearly, they, you know, they haven't mucked this up. I mean, it's handwriting and it's kind of scrawly and, you know, it looks like uh, somebody, like he might have scrawled it. Um, piece, is their control piece, it works uh, extremely well. 
uh, lead generation ad in sort of a normal business, one of my favorites. You've seen this in the um, newsletter. Um, this guy's got a whole pile of lead generation offers packed into this ad. Uh, this is a hybrid ad because some elements of it are standard real estate ads, just like you'd see in your Sunday paper. Pictures of houses and prices and little descriptions. But look at everything he's got in here. He's got a free special re report up top. Uh, he's got one, two, three, four special reports down in the little boxes. Um, he's got a free special report talked about in the body copy of find out why seven out of ten homes don't sell that's different from all the other ones. He's got his guarantee uh, plastered. He's got a free quick over the phone evaluation. Uh, he's used free a lot, this guy. And uh, this is an ad that works uh, extremely well. And uh, note that uh, it cannot be reproduced in any form or shown to you without written permission of the copyright owner, um, which I ain't got. Um, <laughs> This is uh, sort of a plain Janie lead generation ad, uh, almost advertorial in format, um, uh, largely works because people in pain, you know, they don't have to be sold a lot to respond. It's got the list of who do we want, right, a little bullet point list of conditions, describes who it is that can respond to this ad and can be helped by this. Uh, the close, the call to action is terrible. Um, and, of course, does not give them any options or any non-threatening uh, options. Uh, still works, but could work a whole lot better. Uh, Joe, I don't know if you've seen this. I'm, di I I'm dying to know if this is going to work. I love cute stuff. The, are the next? This, this is on pink paper. Um, and um, you can read the copy for yourself. Um, this is from a carpet cleaner, and this is his prospecting letter to get them to call his 800 number. And uh, my girlfriend recently moved in with me, and she's constantly after me. She's completely sex-crazed. Help. I have a business to run. I run a carpet cleaner. I'm finding myself so busy I don't have time to educate the public. So I started free consumer information line. Um, uh, maybe I can finish this let, and then his line falls off as if the girl attacked him. Um, I don't know, uh, and he don't know either. I called him, and he's he had enough courage to do it and send it to me, but he didn't have enough courage to mail it. I, well, I wouldn't recommend it, but I encouraged him to test it. Um, well, what, you know, what, it's his business now, huh? I mean, I think the concept is brilliant. Yeah, but uh, he, here. But now let me let, now let me give you some let me give you some more information. Somehow he has gotten a list in Tucson of exotic dancers to whom he is mailing this piece. I th then if that doesn't kill him and he gets response, I have encouraged him to neighborhood farm test it just to take a list and mail it. Uh, <laughs> Thank you very much for that thought. Uh, well, isn't that lovely? Um, okay. Uh, on, on that note, uh, we will uh, quickly 
Uh, we're taping this, you know? People all around the world will receive these tapes. You notice I haven't shown a Ross Jeffries ad, I bet, you know, but you've got to, we can't get through a day without you bringing this into the gutter. Um, um, in a few minutes, we'll break for dinner. A um, uh, couple of things. Um, one, um, when you come back, uh, you will pick up your, um, your second manual for tomorrow. And uh, it is our lab manual, which has exhibits mostly submitted from Ewan's uh, that we're going to look at, analyze, talk about, spot the clicks, uh, talk about how they could be made better, do little hot seats. Uh, your, uh, your homework assignment after tonight's session um, is, uh, or tomorrow morning early, of course, before you have, but sometime, take a few minutes to go through the book, uh, think about what we've talked about today, and make yourself some notes about places where you want to raise specific issues or ask specific questions. So you're not doing it all on the fly, but you've spotted things that interest you and you want to talk about do they work, don't they work, why don't they work, an idea that this could be made better. Spend a little time on the manual tonight. Uh, secondly, um, uh, a number of, uh, of people here already today and before have uh, and inquired uh, how come they're not gold members and how do you get to be a gold member? So the first answer is we typically only run an open enrollment two or three times a year to move up to gold. So some of you are just you're in between times when you wouldn't have received an offer yet. Uh, but secondly, all that stuff is changing for next year. Uh, how the regular membership works, how the gold membership works, etc. cetera. Uh, and so you can go ahead and hand that stuff out, Hunt, if you want to. Um, so I'm giving you a uh, not, yet actu- not yet locked in stone or cement. Um, uh, Ted, you can go to the bathroom later. You know, we got things to do here. Don't be, you know. Oh, okay. All right. um, this is, he swore to me, he's an extra guy. He could be around to do everything, and I haven't seen him all day. Um, uh, this, is like a, this is a draft copy, so it's not carved in rock, uh, of, of my uh, new menu of services for next year. Uh, but it, it, so there may be a typo in it. The, the copy may not be perfect because it's sort of a work in progress, but all of the math is done, and you will find a description in here You can skip most of the rest of it, but you'll find a description in here of how the gold program works. Um, And um, it would behoove you, should you wish to be a gold member, to take care of your upgrade while you are here. Uh, Essentially, as you will see, you will save money, and the last two months of your membership for this year will be free, um, and you'll be prorated from January forward. Essentially, if you're a regular member, you're going to get full credit for the unused months of your regular membership. If you're a gold member, you're going to get full credit for the unused months of your gold membership. So whether you're upgrading or rolling over, you can take care of this while you're here and participate in the new program. It is a tad complicated uh, because everybody gets a different amount of credit, uh, because everybody has a different number of months left on their membership. Uh, Carla has all of those records with her. Uh, So she can look you up by your name and tell you how many months you have left and quickly calculate what your credit is, whether you are upgrading or rolling over. Uh, This will occur uh, 
this evening from uh, 6.30 to 7, and again for about 15 or 20 minutes after our evening session, and again first thing in the morning for 15 or 20 minutes. So take a look at this while you eat dinner or this evening. If you got questions, come see us. And if you want to take care of either upgrading or rolling over, now is the time to do it, and we'd love to have you do it at this point in time. You save money, and um, I get to finish the seminar with a bunch of people who have given me more money, um, which it just frustrates me not to do that. So um, I think you'll like the new gold program. Uh, it, it, it's more, it is more consistently delivering service and goodies on a monthly basis than sporadic as it has been in the past. Um, you have um, an hour and a half uh, for dinner. We will reconvene and begin at 7 o'clock. If you want to take care of gold upgrades, uh, rollovers, please be back prior to 7 o'clock. And uh, see you then. Thank you very much. Magician friend was just suggesting we have him entertain in between sessions. I said, you guys entertain yourselves so well already that uh, we don't need him. Maybe we don't need me. Uh, um, so, everybody managed to gulp dinner? We did? Good? Um, a couple of things quickly um, before we get going. One is... Uh, a couple of people were disturbed about the copyright on a real estate ad. I was kidding. Marshall's an inner circle member, has been for a long time, is perfectly happy to have his stuff used uh, by me. Not by you, but by me. Um, just to clarify that. One last set of references that I did not uh, talk about to get that out of the way that I forgot um, that uh, I would suggest to you. Um, this, is this is a step that you ought to take like only if you are determined to go beyond cutting and pasting uh, and smoothing out, but like you're really serious about getting good as a copywriter. Then uh, you need to not only study all the stuff we've talked about, but you need to study how to do good fiction. Um, how to do good fiction. Um, the... The skills, not that you might ever be published with the great American novel, but the skills uh, of novelists, of storytellers, particularly those who do um, um, what used to be called dime novel stuff, uh, action, suspense, mystery, uh, their skills are not uh, unlike ours at all in that they are as concerned as we are with, hold, with grabbing the attention of, of the reader, holding their interest, keeping them for one more page, uh, getting them to complete the book and like it so that they'll buy another one, etc. Uh, and there's a lot, when you get into, we didn't talk about it much today, but um, uh, one of the things that takes a piece from, say, a 7 or an 8 on a 1 to 10 to a 9 then beyond the mechanical things that we've been talking about is, is style, uh, is um, copy that is uh, entertaining, uh, great word pictures, uh, um, dramatic sentences, uh, humor. And uh, most of that will come from studying the guys who do fiction, not the folks who do nonfiction. Uh, and so uh, some of the, re the, the references... 
most of which are available. For example, here's stuff. I got pages dog-eared. and Here's um, how to write action-adventure novels. Um, I got about 20 pages in here from which I have cribbed stuff to uh, use uh, in, in, in uh, writing direct response copy. Here's uh, writing the blockbuster novel. If you look, you'll see a whole slew of pages that have been turned down. Uh, if this stuff interests you, it is all available from Writer's Digest. Uh, it's a magazine on the newsstand. You can go buy it on the newsstand, or you can get a catalog of all their books. And uh, let me find their 800 number for you. Uh, let's hide the 800 number. Let's not put it on every page in case somebody wants to buy something. Let's hide the damn thing. You know, no, let's make it hard to buy. We'll appreciate it better. Uh, and by God, they really have hit it. Well, just edit out everything I just said. Forget what I said. Here we go. Um, well, no, this is account inquiries. This is... Isn't this sad? Isn't this sad? Um, this is pitiful. This is just sick. There's no way to buy anything from these guys. I'm sorry. It's over. Uh, honest to God, there's not, any, there's not a phone number to be found anywhere in this catalog. Isn't this amazing? Isn't this, this is classic. Um, this, comes, this comes to their book club members, and they have made the assumption that you got all that information. So why would we put it anywhere? Isn't this pathetic? Um, uh, uh, yeah, that's what I'm going to do. Isn't that amazing? Um, here's the uh, accounting office number, which should be, that should be a lot of fun. Five uh, uh, one. Well, wait a minute. This is an extension number. Maybe this number works for everything. Maybe you're going to get lucky. It's five one three five three one twenty six ninety. Five one three five one three five three one twenty six ninety. Unbelievable. Um, also, there's an out-of-print book. If you have an opportunity to find it somewhere, uh, you might maybe they have a new edition. You might check Amazon.com. This was published in 1948. Um, it's a book. As you can see, mine's like worn out. Uh, this is written by Alex Osborne. He's a traditional advertising agency guy. Came from Batten, Barton, Durston, and Osborne. Um, but um, it's a brilliant book about practical creativity, how to organize ideas, rearrange ideas, um, recycle ideas. Uh, again, if you look at it, you'll see that I have well-worn this thing and reread it a lot. The title of the book is Your Creative Power, How to Use Imagination. And uh, it's Alex Osborne. And again, my edition was uh, copyright 1948. Whether there's a, whether, whether there's a currently in-print edition uh, or not, I know not. Um, and in fact, if you find one, you might let me know about it, and I'll put it in the newsletter so other people can find it. Um, or at least to gold members. Maybe I won't tell everybody. Um, okay. Uh, the name again? It's Alex Osborne, famous for a founder of Batten, Barton, Durston, and Osborne. And it's Your Creative Power, How to Use Your Imagination. Uh, okay. 
time maybe a few minutes for maybe two or three or four questions from what we worked on the, to, uh, today before we go right to the panels. If anybody's got something that's um, hot on their mind. Well, yes. So the goal is to, the goal of any kind of gimmicking up a mail piece is to get it read uh, first and foremost, um, and then if it tie obviously you want to try and make it relevant, tie it into a theme that now also makes you interesting and even a little entertaining without being distracting from your message. The other thing that we didn't have time to talk about today, but it begs the point. One of the things you have to remember is although the fundamentals are the same, selling to your, to your house list, to your customers, selling to people who buy from you over and over and over again, is different in some ways than selling to new prospects. Um, and there's a real um, double-edged challenge about continuing to sell to your most responsive customers. Um, and in some ways, it's more work. Um, one part of the challenge is that people tend to buy again the way they bought before. So whatever you do early, you sort of train and condition your customers how they are supposed to buy from you. But the flip side of that coin is, remember, the number one marketing sin period is being boring. And so if you begin to get routine in what you deliver to these regular customers and the way you present your next proposition and your information, they will eventually become immune to you and tune you out. So the challenge is to keep selling them the way they like to be sold, the way you condition them to be sold, but to put enough variance into it to continue to make it interesting. And so you have to become even a little entertaining. Um, and, and so gimmicks like creating coffee stains and stuff so it looks like they got the only piece and somebody really did spell coffee on it and they have to look at it twice, it, it, that's, that's its only purpose. Okay? Uh, yeah. Um, about, them, about themselves? Yeah. Uh, well, you know, it's a very simple thing. How many in here have ever been in MLM? Any kind of a multi-level marketing business. Okay, did you ever recruit anybody? Not you. I'm not talking to you. I just did a show of hands. Um, wait a minute. How many? Uh, TJ, watch this. Raise your hands again, everybody that was in an MLM. Now keep them up if you recruited one person. Look at this. Now if you recruited two. All right, if you recruited six or more. <laughs> yep, okay. Um, well, those of you who did, very easy to understand. You know, why don't people get in those things, and then when they get in, why don't they do anything? It is not because they don't believe in the deal. And it's not because they don't believe that other people do it. There's empirical proof. It's people, they believe people do it. They just don't believe they can do it. And the lar largest reason why they don't join is not because they, I mean... You know, you can't argue with the fact, uh, pick a company, Amway, Shackley, Herbalife, whatever, Rexall, you can't argue with the fact that those companies that exi exist that are successful companies. I mean, they got plants, you know, you can see the offices, you can see the factories, and you can't argue with the fact that lots of people are making lots of money. 
because there's empirical proof. So the prospect buys the idea that this is a legitimate thing, and gee, look at all these people who are doing real well, but then they still either don't get in, or if they do get in, they never do anything. Why not? It's not they don't believe in the business. It's not that they don't believe in the story. It's not that they don't believe that those other people are real. They just don't believe in themselves enough to do it. And so the primary reason why people don't buy anything and respond to any message is often not a skepticism about you or about the proposition in general. Those things are overcome. But then they stop because they simply don't believe in themselves. Uh, if you want to put it in, in real uh, uh, modern political correctness framework, uh, it is the great American uh, self-esteem problem manifests itself in low direct response because um, they don't believe in themselves. And so that must be addressed in your copy. Your challenge is not only to get them to believe in you and to believe in the proposition in general, but to believe that they themselves, not just other people, but th him, Harry, he can do what it is that you are suggesting to him will be done. Yep. Yeah, and I will skip them now, too. Maybe I'll get back to them. Yep. Wait a minute. All right. Most important one first, though, in case I get bored. Given a preference, I'd put it at the bottom in one point invisible. Um, but uh, that's, that's an official type style, by the way, one point invisible. Um, Steve, can you give me any more volume? Thank you. Um, but you won't always have that choice. Um, in many cases, oh, the question is the paid advertisement slug on advertorials. We really did talk about this before, but it's okay. Um, most media are going to force you to identify it. Uh, and in fact, the better a job you do at creating an ad that looks like an article, the more likely they are to force you to identify it. Exceptions will be real small publications. Some trade publications won't fuss with you. But most magazines are going to make you ID it. And in many cases, they're going to make you ID it at the top. Uh, to the best of everybody's measurement, it, it, it doesn't make any difference. People overlook it. If everything else is right, if it looks like a duck and it walks like a duck and it quacks like a duck and it's yellow like a duck, even though it's got a little sign on its neck that says, I'm a rabbit, everybody says it's a duck. Okay, that's the deal. Yep. Uh, technical question, I should skip it, but it's a quick answer. Um, uh, the, the question is, how do you match the type style of a publication if it's something you're not familiar with or don't have? Uh, you, may, you may have to have the publication typeset the ad, uh, which of course then carefully take a look at what they do. Uh, or if you want to, yeah, you can call, ask to speak to the art director, but in many cases he's going to give you a type style name that you still won't be able to match. It used to be there was a standard bank of type styles. And a name was a name was a name was a name. Computers changed all that. And so Apple puts stuff that is proprietary to Apple in their system. Uh, uh, um, Dell has stuff that's proprietary that they load into their stuff. And everybody changes the names around. So there is no universal standard anymore. 
So you could call an art director and he could quote your name and now when you go try and match it, you still can't match it. Yep. An idea to help overcome a person's self-doubt? Well, when you're trying to overcome uh, someone's uh, feeling that they can't, uh, that, that, okay, other people can do it, but I can't do it, um, you, you use all of your um, believability weapons directed as best you can. So the most important thing you can do is show them people they can identify with who have done what it is that you want them to do. So this, uh, this always loops us back to message to market match, you know? Uh, if, if we got a weight loss program um, and we're going to mail flight attendants, we're gonna, it, it, logic tells you, but this is one of the reasons why this is so, that we're going to get much better results if we have a bunch of testimonials from other flight attendants than if we have a mixed bag of testimonials from women from all kinds of occupations and backgrounds. Because the flight attendant identifies with other flight attendants. If there's no other flight attendants in the testimonials, the flight attendant says, well, other people can do this, but I can't do this because I'm on the road all the time and I can't get good food and I don't have time to exercise in the morning and I can't, so this is not for me. But if you put 40 flight attendants in front of her with before and after pictures, see, now that argument falls apart. And so the best thing you can do is, it always loops us around to this matching issue, is show them a proof that they can't argue with that is directly and personally relevant. Hmm? Yep. Do you see any significant downsides in mailing your own customer list? Well, the argument, yeah, the question is, like what's typically done with renewals in some magazine and newsletter businesses, if they don't respond to the first one, the second one and the third one gradually ups the ante, or what you called sweeten the pot. And so the question is, do you, do you train all of your customers now to wait uh, to see how the pot gets sweetened? That's really yeah, what you're... Well, first of all, they should never see, you know, they should never see the better deal letter, okay? Um, I've exposed some of that to you because of the nature of what we're doing here. I mean, I'm exposing everything pretty much except things that we do not want exposed under any circumstances, but, and it's really none of your business. But, <laughs> but I mean, largely, uh, you know, I'm showing you everything. So it's like, the guy, it's like the guys you hate that are doing the Fox show, how the magic tricks are done, you know. Um, uh, but under normal circumstances, the, the customer would never see the better deal letter. So it's not so much that you irritate them. And there's a way to clean that up, by the way, which we usually do. If you look at my up-the-ante sequences, uh, actually, often I don't up-the-ante, but when I do, I tend to retroactively give what I gave to everybody to the first-time buyers as well. So that eliminates that, that glitchiness. Um, has to do you hurt them? Do you train them to wait? Uh, in most cases, no, because again, the ones who didn't wait don't know about what you're doing with the ones who did. And, and unless they're sophisticated direct marketing people, it, it, it's never going to dawn on them. It just doesn't occur to them. You and I think about that stuff, but most markets, nobody thinks about it. Okay? One or two more? Yep. The, um, the copyright, the 
Yeah, it's uh, it's uh, the non-disclosure as as a as a marketing gimmick is uh, is largely restricted to those of us who sell information or seminars or training programs or maybe some things in the health market, um, and it is um, it is really a stylistic device to add to create value out of thin air, uh, to make what is being revealed more valuable because of the. Re- Pardon? Oh, it could be in the context of the of the sales letter that says, "Oh, by the way, you also agree to non-disclosure." Um, uh, if you were selling a witchcraft course, there'd be a thing that says you agree to use this only for good purposes and not to put hexes on people and turn them into frogs. I mean, it's the same principle. Um, so you can go anywhere from having it in the copy all the way to having a freestanding certificate that they must sign and return to making it part of the order form, something that must be signed off on. Okay? One more. Uh, ben. Um, if you want speed and you want to shortcut things, then um, uh, I found many of the psychocybernetics techniques extremely helpful. Uh, for example, there's a technique, clear the calculator that essentially teaches you how to blank your mind and start with a blank slate. So, um, I mean, I can end the conversation with you and two minutes later sit down and start writing. There's no time lag. There's no get in the mood. There's no, gee, I got to take a walk around the block, eat two bananas and listen to a record first. There's not, I mean, in the morning... Uh, I get out of bed at 5 o'clock in the morning, and at 5.05, I'm churning out copy. Um, there's no waiting. Um, and I can be interrupted. I can take a phone call, go back, pick right up, because I, uh, uh, I clear and go right back. Um, there's, a, there's a way to talk to your subconscious mind. There's a, I mean, it's not the only methodology, but there's a psycho-cybernetic process for talking to your subconscious mind so that you can give it the assignment while you sleep or take a nap to come up with the headline or come up with the big idea or come up with the, and you'll wake up with it. And you got your starting point. Uh, since a whole lot of this, now the more of this that's stored in the subconscious for it to go find, the better the results you get. Um, and so if you only got three years worth of stuff stored in there, you're not going to get as good a results as I do with 20 years worth of stuff stored in there. But on the other hand, how much stuff do you need? Um, so. You know, you can send the thing off searching while you sleep and you wake up with exactly the way to write the headline. Okay. Or the idea, the starting sentence, the, you know, words, you're ready to go. And it starts to spit it out. Saves you a lot of time. Because, you know, you got to sleep anyway, so you might as well accomplish something while you're sleeping. Uh, okay, panels. We have some very bright people here uh, who are going to get to demonstrate just how bright they are. And... Um, no pressure. Uh, uh, bring them up. We'll let them introduce themselves to you briefly. Uh, they're going to give you, uh, you know, five or ten minutes of one or two brilliant things that they do in their businesses and in their uh, copywriting. Highly effective for them. Best idea. Uh, a couple of them probably brought examples of stuff. And uh, then uh, we will uh, ask them questions. Uh, two groups of four. My first group of four should be uh, Ralph, uh, Michael, uh, TJ, 
And uh, Mr. Heatley. You guys get to share mics. Yeah, that's it. Good. Right up here. Pick a chair. You don't like doing this, do you? No. See, everybody, well, the other ones are hams, but he hides. Um, uh, you maybe do it more than anybody, uh, Michael, so you get to go first. Okay? You're, you're more, a, a more, nat a more natural presenter. Yeah. Uh, you got to use one of those mics. Okay. And, uh, you know, quick introduction, what your business looks like, what you're doing. It's, it's some bright ideas. My name is Michael Jans. I own and operate three businesses, um, and uh, depending on what circle I'm in, uh, generally the audience will understand one of those businesses and will be completely mystified and stupefied by one of the other businesses. So I'm not going to take ten minutes and try to explain one of the weird businesses. Um, but the business that you'll understand which most real people don't understand is that I sell paper and ink. And do that to property and casualty insurance agents. And uh, what was it, about two days ago, I, got, I was sitting at my home office and a fax came across my desk and it said I was selected as a lucky dog because I had something to share. I'm not sure what it was and I happened to be talking to Dan later in the day and said, uh, unlikely that there is anything original coming out of this mind, um, and uh, I will prove that in the next couple of minutes. <laughs> so, if I may get access to this thing. Is this trained on that? Now? I have no earthly idea. Or is this trained on his? I have no earthly idea, okay. but I'm sure we can make it work between the two of us. Turn it on and let's see what it's trained on. Well, yeah, it's trained on both of them. There you go. There you go. Uh, it'll probably help if, like, you and he switch uh, seats. That'd probably be a good idea. But There you go. All right. Well, here's the story. Um, I, uh, one of the businesses I own and operate is a JPDK style model, probably... Half of you or more, uh, Third, show of hands, maybe. familiar with that kind of business. Um, for the rest of you, basically what we do is we sell information to a specific niche, uh, in my case, property and casualty insurance agents. And in particular, I sell them um, paper and ink, audio cassettes, video cassettes about how to make more money in minimum time. Um, it's a kit. Uh, market, we sell marketing material and we sell management material. Uh, we have been in that industry now for about three years. And uh, as Dan has said, I'm, I'm repeating Dan here several times. 
uh, as Dan has said, things get tired, and as they get tired, you need to make some changes. Uh, one of the changes that he suggested is that as, uh, as you gain testimonials and success stories, you get those guys to speak for you. So that's exactly what I did here. Um, and by the way, when I, um, when I got the facts, I called my office, which is in downtown Vancouver, Washington, which I generally avoid because it, uh, it tends to extremely aggravate my staff. So I work at home as much as I can. Uh, and I asked my assistant, get uh, a few things ready so, and put them in an envelope with my plane ticket. So this is the first time I've seen it, uh, except for last night when I looked at this ad and I realized after I had read, wrote it and read it and put it through my watertight system so that there would be no errors that the very first word I looked at last night was a typo. Um, but that's not as bad as when I put in the wrong 800 number <laughs> and discovered that there is a, a very pissed off toy manufacturer in Canada. Um, so in any case, you recognize the headline. My wife called me crazy when I said I was going to stop chasing new clients and get them to chase me. But when I got $57,312 in first year commission from one ad... They all called me and chopped my hours from 70 to 35, yada, yada, yada. Okay? How many recognize the headline formula? Yeah, okay, all right, good. What is it? Good, yeah, okay, all right, well, just checking. I'm not going to read the whole thing, but I, I want to point out a couple of key points here. Uh, it's by Mike Carroll, not me. That is his picture. Uh, he identifies as an agent and special feature writer, and in quotes, I'm an agent just like you and then identifies the problem and the pain. Um, down here in this paragraph here, here's the story for the last three years or so. You've probably seen ads in this magazine from Michael Jans. People call him the bad boy of the insurance industry. I'll just say a word about that. Occasionally, I, mean, I have found it useful um, in an industry that is very conservative uh, to be a little bit different, to be a little bit of a character, to be a little bit outside the box, without being too weird. And um, about uh, a year ago, started signing my ads, the bad boy of the insurance industry, you know, with my signature, and that was my, my, my you know, that was, the, that was my sign-off. And uh, it, it sort of caught. And to some extent, and, and my guys like that. They sort of like being associated with uh, a, uh, a rebel and a little bit of a maverick. So if, to some extent, I think that's worked. Uh, then we just simply get into uh, his bullet points. This happened to him, this happened to him, this happened to him. It's all in the first person. Is the entire ad in his voice? The entire a ad. A switch is, never happens. Yeah, a switch it's... never happens. Um, then I do a, uh, up here on the top of the third column, uh, what I think is a little bit of a credibility booster, because for three years now they've been hearing from me that I'm real and I am flesh and blood and I have made this work. Now they're hearing from somebody else. And he says, second paragraph, I just met Michael personally for the first time a few weeks ago. Before that, everything I did, I got out of his written material and tape. So there's kind of a double whammy there. One, somebody's testifying to the fact that I'm a real guy. And two, you don't have to meet him because look at all the success he had just from getting the material and tapes. Then I do what I call a little bit of a credibility multiplier where he says, 
But it turns out I'm not the only one who did it from books and tapes. I met Michael at one of his incredible live trainings and yada, 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 yada. And then he identifies these other people that he met. The lady agent from Kentucky, Lori, who made a da-da-da-da-da-da-da. The agent from Pennsylvania, Tom. The agent from Texas, Don, and so on and so forth. So I, I had the opportunity to squeeze in six success stories, not just his success story. And then the rest of the ad is, is more or less my normal sign-off. Got it? Any questions about that? Where are you running? Um, Where are you running I, I run these in the four major national trade magazines in my niche. Okay. Okay. Mm. We also will, uh, for our clients, design Yellow Pages ads. So I wanted to share what we've done here. This is not the best Yellow Pages ad in the world, but it is the best Yellow Pages ad in my industry. And uh, you'll just simply recognize some of the same principles are here. Exclusive program for Golden Horseshoe. Golden Horseshoe is a community in Canada. I mean, it means nothing to me. The client was fairly easy to work with. Rates slashed, save up to 17, 25, 31%. Then you may identify, you, you can recognize that there's some other secondary reasons to call. Call for a free report, seven ways you can save money on da 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 da. Um, because he's one of my members, I allow him to identify himself as the author. Uh, and then a quote from him that's a little bit of a testimonial or a little bit of a credibility booster. We've insured over 10,113 of your neighbors with more than 130 years of cumulative experience in our staff, so on and so forth. Uh, he wanted to have all the pictures of his staff. I said, that's fine. That's a um, kiss of death. Do you know that? Uh, he's a client. Yeah. So well, means, anytime you put staff pictures in an ad, you must have, within 30 days, you will have to fire somebody. You're, it's just, it's a given. As soon as you print 50,000 full-color brochures with the four staff people you've had for 20 years who are the greatest people since sliced bread, three of them will go to crap. Yeah, it's yeah, an absolute guarantee. <laughs> it's a, just an absolute guarantee. Not, not only that, but he has now read my management stuff, so he's going to be firing at least two of these people. So yeah. it happens. Uh, he was, uh, he's the first client that I've, I've convinced to use this concept here. Call our eavesdrop line, one eight 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 da 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 and listen to what our other clients have to say about us. So we have recorded some of his clients and edited what they said, put it on an 800 number, and anybody can call up and listen to what they have to say. Uh, uh, in their voices? Yeah, their voices. It's in their yeah, voices. Their, their, okay. their stuff. It's a real legitimate eavesdrop line. Uh, and then there are three te- – I don't know if you can see that down at the bottom. There are testimonials down at the bottom and a few interesting things. Um, this uh, – I think this is a, one of the better ads um, – there is nobody that we have done this service for that has not at least, at minimum, doubled the amount of business that they got from the previous year if they were smart enough to track it. And those that are, it's generally more than twice the amount of business. Do you have any kind of a handle on, like, what his ROI is on that ad? Uh, not yet. No. Okay. I don't know. Um, but I can tell you that the, uh, in, in anecdotal experience, uh, the agents that we've worked with on their Yellow Pages ad, the ROI is tremendous. How many in here either use the Yellow Pages or would have clients who would use the Yellow Pages? Okay. Most uh, Yellow Pages advertising is god-awful awful. Um, it's like it's the, mo- it's the toughest place to advertise, and yet the worst stuff is there. Uh, so it's a wonderful place to go and use our kind of techniques because in most cases, in most categories, you're it. Uh, everybody else is running giant business cards. Easy. I, I, it, our experience has been 
it's easy to get a big boost in business by tweaking a few things in a Yellow Pages ad. In fact, most of our clients do it on their own, and they still double the kind of business they get. Uh, this is completely unoriginal. Uh, we do a boot camp two times a year, and I, I personally like a package, and I think I probably got this from Dan. I like a sales package where you got stuff falling out all over the place. So uh, we'll look for things that we can break into little buck slips. That's a third page little sheet, and we'll put it on different colors of paper. And So when they open it up, there's stuff all over, and the idea is to drive them back to the sales letter or to the order form. This is completely not original, but we converted it from something that I think was used by Fortune magazine to something from my boot camp. Shh, we tell secrets. These are, um, these one, two, three, four, five people were uh, speakers at my boot camp, four of them, my success stories, my, my guys who had something that they wanted to share. So I'll just read one. Hi, my name is Tom Severchik. About a year and a half ago, I used one simple technique that almost immediately dropped over $90,000 to my bottom line. Since then, I've, had, I've done a couple of things that have uh, reliably brought in over $250,000 in new premium per month. And I'll show you precisely dot, 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 and that is continued on. And instead of saying page 17, it is on day one, uh, implying day one of the boot camp. So we have five of those. Um, we also had... Nice piece. I'll, I'll, I'll keep that one. <laughs> nice piece. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I, <laughs> I, I also noticed that I already have a, uh, something in, in Dan's book. It is on page VVV of your book. Um, I thought that, I, when I first looked at it, I thought it was check, 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 which I thought maybe he really, really, really liked it. Then uh, <laughs> I saw that the page before that was U, 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 and the one after that was whatever the next letter is. Um, it, that is a lift note, which uh, we used previously in, for, for a previous boot camp. Um, if you can't find it, basically I asked one of my boot camp attendees to sign a letter with his logo and we put it on a small piece of paper and uh, the intent is to boost response. It's not a bad piece. What I was looking for was something that really looked like it was from an insurance agency and I really wanted his logo on it so it looked like you know an agency thing. It turned out that when he sent me the logo that it looked like uh, his fifth grader wrote it in art class, you know, drew it in art class. Um, but it did the job, and, and uh, then I forgot about it uh, until I saw it in the book. And now I'll remember. Thank you, Dan, for You're reminding welcome. me. See, you got your money's worth. Often those things that we do that work that we stop doing. Gosh, we, yes. And you know, it flies by the whole principle of well, having stuff flying all over the place. That one flew right out of my package. Uh, oh, yeah, this. Uh, this may be a reminder to Dan. Uh, call now for your free gift, Magnetic Marketing Super Tricks, a joint collaboration by Michael Jans and marketing guru Dan Kennedy. Uh, all they had to do was call for this free gift. Uh, they're hurry, however. They're only 50. The fact is there weren't 50 and there still aren't 50. However, on the plane, I finished my uh, editorial changes. So... <laughs> These guys might get it within in, in the next 30 days. <laughs> Essentially, what we did was we took an interview that Dan and I had done 
a year or so ago, and I had that transcribed, and you gave that. We give it away. Your, uh, yeah, that was a giveaway in your uh, for your PowerPoints package. Uh, uh, Car- yeah, Carla, do we the inter- the transcript of the interview with Michael and I? What did we give that? Was that with PowerPoints? Yeah, I was with PowerPoints. PowerPoints. Yeah, yeah. So uh, then, all I did was I asked my assistant to make it look a little more booky and see if she could identify key lessons, and she did her best. And then, you know, I took it to the. I think I finished it when I was on the plane. So it wasn't the most timely gift in the world, but I hope they'll really appreciate it when they get it. Uh, that's the stuff that I have to share. Does anybody have any questions? Any specific questions from, from Michael? Back there. Question about your eavesdrop line um, that you spoke about with your Canadian client. Um, how did you uh, capture that information on audio? Was it through the telephone line? How did it work? Uh, you, Rather than run a mic, were you trying to remember to restate the question? Right. Uh, How did we capture the information for the eavesdrop line? Very simple. We had, uh, he identified four or five clients. They called my office. I was not involved in it at all. My assistant took care of it, asked four or five questions. And I frankly, I don't know if this line is up yet. Asked four or five questions, sent it to my sound guy. Uh, it's, yeah, I, I have a tape that runs through my telephone because they do a tape of the month club. So the equipment was already there. Send it to the sound guy. He does editing and duplication for us all the time. We did work out the details with ATG. That's the phone company that's being used. But it was through phone line, not through. Oh, yeah, yeah. Real easy. Really, real easy. So, so the question is, um, you've seen the exposed ads in PowerPoints, isn't it? The, you're, yeah, yeah, okay. So, so the exposed ad, you probably have all seen it. It's an ad that I think we created for you, if I'm not mistaken. And since, as you say, you're starting to see it because people are knocking it off, um, which is, by the way, the nature of this beast. And you, you have to play the Ray Kroc game of invent faster than they can copy. Uh, but you don't really invent. You go steal somebody else's stuff and move it around. Um, uh, uh, but uh, the exposed ad is, you know, is designed, as you described it, for after someone has been visible in a market for a period of time, it's another thing to do when the ads start to slip. And it really is a testimonial ad, just like this, where it's in the voice of a testimonial. But at the beginning, it's sort of sensationalized with this exposed and, and there's even a subhead. I don't remember what the subhead is, but it sort of implies that, they're, that this guy's going to tell you the real scoop about this Joe Polish guy you've been seeing month after month after month in the magazine. And so it starts out sort of hard copy National Enquirer-ish, and then it gradually shifts into a testimonial just like this ad saying this guy's legit. So really the only difference is the headline and a little bit of the opening of the ad. This is a little more straightforward. The other one's a little sneakier. Uh, Does one work better than the other? Darned if I know. Um, I don't know that anybody's, you know, done a true split test. Um, I mean, I like this approach 
Joe has used this approach as well, straightforward, uh, testimonial-driven ads. Uh, I like the exposed thing because it's sneaky, you know, and maybe it gets people to read it who, who are a little negative or who are a little skeptical, and they think they're going to get the dirt now, you know, and, and it's an opportunity to try and switch them. The exposed ad has been successful. It's an effective ad. This is an effective ad, obviously, for you, correct? As good as your old control? I think uh, the rule of thumb for me is everything gets tired. So the old control is no longer relevant because when it was is good this, in February it's, and it's crappy in June. In its earliest incarnation, is this as good as the first ad was in its earliest uh, incarnation? Good question. I, I don't know if anything is as good as the as first entry. Yeah, okay. Uh, but they're both successful ads. And ultimately, if you're in any kind of – his point is a good one. Here's the real answer. Ultimately, if you're in any kind of – a, a small market for an extended period of time, believe me, you're going to need all the ads you can get. So you're going to wind up using this, and you're going to wind up using the exposed. Okay? Click 24. He's up to 24 clicks. Yes? Have you ever run two ads against each other? Oh, no, nobody ever split tests at entry because everybody, as he said, you never get any better results than at entry. So, first of all, most people at entry are watching their pennies, you know, and they're, and, and, and they're not sure anything's going to work, so they're scaredy cats even if they're not watching their pennies. Uh, and then they get great results, so nobody ever wants to split test, you know, when they're getting rich. Uh, it's, it's when the market starts to get tight and, you know, we have to do all this smart stuff that's um, six, eight, ten months into the deal. Yeah, a dirty little secret about trade magazine advertising. First of all, you can't really do an A-B split test like you could with a, a major national mag, uh, uh, magazine or newspaper. I mean, they can't, they can't print, or they want the small ones, they won't print every other one just for you. That's way outside their thinking. Second thing is there are so many quirky, imponderable variables that things happen and you just never know why. Okay, so 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 you may run run run. You may say, "Oh, I'll run this in June, or run this in July, or this in July and this in August," and say they're real close, and therefore I'll have a good test. It's too quirky. I'm sorry, I misspoke myself. But what I was talking about is something we're talking about, and that's taking two apps, putting them in the same magazine at the same month. Well, they 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 won't be on the same page. No, you don't want them on the same page. Uh, but what I'm saying is, is yeah. by, by virtue of the fact that they're not on the same page, one of them is going to be first, one is going to be second. So there's a very, you see, got a new a variable in there. So, and the answer to your question is nobody I know has ever done it early. It has been done late. Um, and usually it's in a situation where, like we experienced with Gold by the Inch, where we had 12 magazines that worked, but two that worked so much better than the other 10. And then you start to try and eke more and more out of the two that are maximum, you know, in productivity. If you're looking for somebody with well-thought-out campaigns that are preconceived, you know, 90 days in advance, you're talking to the wrong guy. Ad deadline is the 10th. The evening of the 9th, i got to knock this thing out. You know, i got <laughs> yeah. five kids, and so there are one or two interruptions. So and I, yeah, and I that's why you got to be fast. I'm not sure what clear the calculator is, but uh, I, I have to do it all the time. Okay. We'll have more questions um, for him when we get through the panel. Okay? Yeah, I'm taking that, the mic away from you. Got Sit it. down. Um, uh, you're next. My name is Mike Heatley, and my business is raising money. 
just about everything I know, or a lot of it, came from Dan. The best clue, the best tip I can give you is to learn how to be a good knockoff artist because most of the stuff that I've got came from Dan. Uh, when I write a letter, it's got to be a good one. Uh, I'm talking about raising a million bucks for one step. And uh, it, so it has to be powerful, and, and I've used every trick that I can think of and everything that I can scrape up from Dan to learn how to do it. Uh, one of the things that uh, a lot of the guys that come in my office uh, are brokers, real estate brokers, who bring me deals. That's one of my customers. I've got to get them to bring me the deal to sell to my investors. So that's a very important pipeline in my business. Without that, you don't have a business. So I had to learn how to write to them first to get in business. And uh, the ones that uh, do come in, uh, a lot of them say, where do you get all of this BS? And I hardly have the nerve to tell them that I got all of it from the no BS letter from, <laughs> from Dan, but that's where I got it. Uh, a lot of them, uh, the reason Dan doesn't show my stuff is because they're a direct knockoff of what he's doing. But uh, one of the best tricks that I have learned, I, I put a twist in something that I learned from Dan, and that was one of his uh, customer get a customer twist. And I had too many $25,000 players that needed to be fifty dollars and $100,000 players. So in my, now I did not bring this letter, but I'll tell you what one paragraph of it said. In uh, my very last letter, it was about a million dollar raise and I had 10 shares to go around at $100,000 a piece. And I said, if you don't have uh, $100,000, if you don't want to do a whole unit, that's $100,000, then that's fine. Bring somebody with you. You can bring two people with you. You can split it up three or four ways as long as we don't exceed our limit of 20 venturers for this particular project. And I have to tell you that out of that one little paragraph, uh, there's a $50,000 player in this particular project. I don't even know how to pronounce his last name. I've never met the man, never talked to him on the phone. But I do know that his last name begins with a W. That uh, put $50,000 into this project because of that one little trick. So that's my contribution of how to get extra money Dan's way. Thank you. Um, you're using a newsletter format for a lot of the mailings, aren't you? Sales letter sort of disguised as a newsletter? Well, the newsletter I use to say, here's what's coming up, and if you want to look at it, you call this voicemail number, and I'll send you a preview package or a sneak preview. I never try to sell the product in the newsletter. I only mention it and say, um, we're going to put 10 people in it, and if you're interested in looking at it, I don't try to describe the product or a whole lot about it. I'll just give them a teaser. Yeah, so you're doing, it's lead, a PS. So it's you're doing a PS. Lead, lead generation. Lead generation. Uh, people in the world, and I had one who worked for me for about three years, they build up huge drawers of maybes. Not many yeses, no nos, but lots of maybes. And, uh, and they feel good about this because nobody has said no to them but they don't push very hard, so nobody has to say no to them. And so now when, if they write copy, they translate that behavior into their copy. 
uh, and see, if you don't make a firm request, you don't risk rejection. You don't risk pissing anybody off. Uh, you don't risk being annoying. You don't, and to the degree that you do those things, you know, you get, get results. Uh, let me take one more and then get into the exhibits, which some of these will answer questions as we go. When I read a sales letter, there's repetition, it bores me tears. However, the question I'm asking you, do you read your sales letter and say, would that sell me? No. Uh, I, no, the, you are not your customer. The question is, I see the letter. And, see, almost every client says I'd never buy from that. Uh, and they're probably right, uh, but they're not the customer. Um, and uh, now I would have bought from my stuff some years. I was my customer. TJ, if he's still in the room, uh, in his market, maybe one of the best copywriters, in, I'd say top ten in the country in selling to opportunity seekers. He's brilliant. And you should all be on their mailing list because there's application beyond their market. You should study their stuff because he does a phenomenal job uh, uh, because he was the customer. He's not the customer anymore, though. So he has to be able to put himself back to where he was five, six, seven years ago. Uh, but you can't, you can't do what will sell to you or please you. Uh, um, or like a close peer, or your spouse, or your, the only people that count are the ones who give you money. Um, no, I, most of the time, not every once in a while I will, but for the most part, like in my case, see, I'm like Ron was saying earlier upstairs, uh, he's never looked at my video. Well, on my desk, I got to tell you, I got to stack this high of videos designed to sell me stuff I haven't looked at yet either, for the same reason he said, man, I'm too busy. I mean, and I value my time at 800 bucks an hour. I got, you know, they should be paying me. I've got things to do, but I, I'm not the customer. Thing. And, and I, for the most part, won't read a 16-page sales letter. I go to the order form and decide if I'm going to buy or not off the order form. But there ain't enough of me's to make money off of. Okay, so the typical buyer, the customer. No, no, not unless you, but, but, but no, if he's trying to make a legitimate decision and he's into that, somebody that's, in, uh, uh, what are you avid about? Not business, but what's your, what's your hobby or your passion or your, like if you had all the money in the world and didn't have to work, what would you spend your time doing? Okay, but well, what would you do there once you were there? Besides, I'd start an if there, is there a magazine about that? Probably not. But, I mean, if somebody sent you a 500-page book about people who had done that, uh, stories of people who retired, moved to Europe, bought castles, and started art collections, would you read the book? Probably. Now, you might not read a 500-page book about any other topic on the planet, but that you would. And so the trick is to, get, to match the message to the market and to be there when they're in heat because they'll pay more attention when they're revved up about something. Yes. Yes. Okay. Let's look at our first example. Let me point some things out to you. Um, the uh, the uh, headline, of course, is a grabber headline. It's one of the clicks on your pink click list. As you can see, I mean, it's as you can see, I've attached. Uh, here's why I've done this. Um, this particular letter basically leads with the guarantee. Uh, remember, you have to make a decision of what foot you're going to stick out first, what you're going to lead with. You're going to guarantee, or you're going to lead with a big promise. 
Are you going to lead with a guarantee? Are you going to lead with the problem and the pain? Uh, what thing are you going to lead with first? Uh, this, as many of the pieces are of mine that I'm going to show you, of course, is selling, is preaching to the converted. Uh, it's selling to a house list of highly responsive customers. You would obviously have to do this differently uh, if you were selling to the great unwashed masses. Uh, if you drop down a little further and you get to where the pitch begins to move from guarantee into something else, you will see that I have slipped into problem and solution. Um, and um, uh, then if you go to the next page of this thing, um, another click, for those of you that are keeping score, you wanted to take notes on the back of the pink sheet, here's number 20. Uh, a 20th click would be you build value by describing all of the horrible pain and agony and effort and cost that went into making the thing. Uh, and so the jar of skincare glop is made more valuable by describing the global search for the ingredients that led us through the Himalayas to Tibet, down into volcanoes, uh, and wound up having to use uh, divers who can hold their breath for a long time, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, okay? Um, this block of copy at the top of this page is look at all the horrible things we went through in order to do this. Uh, the paragraph in the middle, at any time for any specific purpose, there's the, there's the core promise that will be repeated over and over and over again, sometimes said exactly the same way, sometimes said differently uh, throughout this letter. Uh, Following the promise are examples of what happens when the promise is uh, are realized. Uh, all things we have talked about before. Uh, subhead, um, we're into value building. The birth of the $58,800 book. Um, not new, by the way. If, you, if any of you have around the piece that is used... Uh, to sell the Ultimate Information Entrepreneur Manual, you will find very similar copy telling a very similar story. Um, the Ultimate Information Entrepreneur Manual letter uses a story about somebody wanting to pay to come dump all my file cabinets out on the floor and go through my file cabinets and how much they wanted to pay in order to do that. Uh, if you take a look at this story, uh, it's awful close to the same story. The reason it's awful close to the same story is two main reasons. One, I used the same story over again. And two, why would I do such a thing? Because it worked real well the first time. Uh, back to your question, Joe, can you keep going back to the well and telling them the same story? Yeah. If the, you need a little bit of time separation, but given a little bit of time separation, you can go back and keep telling them the same story over and over and over again. You've been listening to one of our gold members only podcasts. Make sure you upgrade and become a diamond member and get access to the diamond members only podcast as well. On top of that, you also get access to the whole enchilada with all of Dan's courses and so much more. So make sure you upgrade to diamond now by going to diamondupgrade.com.